Hey, Arvid, how you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm I'm fine, and I'm happy to be here. Thanks. It's great to have you here. Um, now, I found you. This is kind of a bit of a, a wild story, right? I've got an indoor skydiving channel on YouTube, and my brother sent me a video of you indoor skydiving, but in a wingsuit, which blew my mind because... I didn't know it was possible and the level that you're doing at it, it <coughs> excuse me and the level that you're doing it at is way beyond anything that I thought was 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 possible. So can you kind of introduce yourself um kind of explain maybe your background in skydiving and and then take us to to what where you're at and what you're doing now. Yeah, so yeah, my name is Avid Endler and I'm from Germany. I'm 27 years old and now almost three years full-time instructor at Indoor Wingsuit in Stockholm, what is the first Indoor Wingsuit facility in the world. And that one exists now a bit longer than five years. I started skydiving, I think with 20, 20 ish. Um, it was just, just my hobby. So I, I, I always knew I want to do that on some point. I, with 13 or something, I saw the first wingsuit videos and wanted to do it on some point. So I was in the military, I made my own money, so I had the opportunity to pay my license. So then I started skydiving and did it occasionally. So it was my hobby, but I lived in the mountains. So there were so many other cool things to do that, yeah, I did it a couple of weekends a year. And 2017, the tunnel opened. And then, yeah, when I saw it for the first time, I think on Facebook or somewhere, I just thought, okay, perfect. I also want to start wingsuiting, so why not uh, give it a try, go to the tunnel, see how it goes. Then I was in the tunnel, I think 2018, for I think two or three times in a row, more or less, and did four hours in the beginning. And basically, so I learned wingsuiting in the tunnel with the very beginning beginning of instructions because I mean it, it was completely new so also the the coaches there just started to learn how to coach um, but it was really cool and then I started jumping outside and what it was super fun straight from the beginning but it was still just my hobby and um, I never actually expected it to become more but um, I had a very good understanding with the management and with the other coaches who were there and then we also kind of joked a little bit about it I was like yeah that's the best place to work at and maybe on some point uh, someday if you need someone I would like to work here and eventually that happened I left the military and then I spent a little bit of time in Germany worked here and there then I wanted to travel that was beginning 2020 corona started I was in Australia I had basically no money and I would have lost my job in Australia too due to Corona. And then at the same time, I got a message from the management or from the, the CEO Jonas. And he was like, yeah, actually we, we need new coaches. Would you be interested to join us? And then I thought, yeah, why not? Perfect opportunity. Uh, so I managed it like literally one day before Australia closed up, uh, I managed to get to Sweden. And um, since then, I'm I'm full time at the tunnel, and uh, yeah, it's 
pretty awesome. I couldn't expect and I couldn't imagine how far wing sitting can go and how far I made it. So uh, I'm pretty impressed by it by myself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely, definitely impressive. Um, okay, so let's let's back up here. And, and I'm just, you know, try to try to think through it. So at this point, uh, you skydiving is really split or available maybe in two options, two broad options, indoor and outdoor indoor kind of being um, a traditional or at this point, a, a vertical tube where they blow air up and you kind of float in the middle. Now, when you started skydiving, though, it sounds like you got into it what I would call maybe the, the traditional way outdoor was, was that because indoor skydiving wasn't a thing back there or wasn't available or that was just the, uh, the best option. Yeah. I would say it was not the best option and I was not really aware of it. So mm. basically I didn't know anything about it except I want to do it. And, um, I had holidays or like normal vacation. And what I did was mm -hmm. I checked for the drop zone, what is basically the closest and starts on the first day of my vacation with a license. So this is why I picked this drop zone as a drop zone in Berlin. Um, otherwise I could have choose every or any other drop mm -hmm. zone too. So I just arrived there. I had no idea really about the whole thing. Uh, I just knew I want to do it. So I did the license and then afterwards I, exp or I, I knew, or I heard about the, the tunnels and then I also did a bit time, but it's expensive. So I, I had not so much money. <laughs> so I stayed outside okay. mainly. Of course, of course, this is a, this is a pricey, pricey passion. Yes. Uh, <laughs> now, now your motivation for wanting to skydive, have you have you always been a thrill seeker? Um, or is there something particular about about uh, the sport of skydiving that, that drew you to it? So I think I think I can say I'm somehow a thrill seeker. Um, okay. What happened was basically I just started skydiving because I wanted to wingsuit base jump. I saw the videos when I was a kid or like mm. a young teenager. And then I was like, yeah, okay, one day I want to do that. At that point, nobody believed me and nobody really encouraged me to do that. But in the end, sure. this is what I wanted to do. Um, eventually, I also started base jumping but I still haven't started wingsuit based because now my focus shifted a little bit first to indoor wingsuiting. And I did a lot in, during Corona. I also don't really felt like traveling. Um, it was all too complicated and I could learn so much in the tunnel. That's an interesting call out too, is that you specifically wanted to do wingsuiting, not just skydiving, but... Yeah, only wingsuiting. I knew saw... nothing. Oh, only. <laughs> oh, interesting. And... So. and so let me ask you this. What's the difference between um, wingsuiting and then quote unquote normal skydiving? Yeah, so in normal skydiving, I, I can wear whatever clothes I want and um, I can more or less only fall vertically and make very little distance um, horizontally. And in a wingsuit, I wear the suit and depends on the size of the suit, I can quite a lot increase my surface of the body, what allows me to glide forward. So you, you can create quite a lot of horizontal distance as well. What makes you feel like you're flying. 
a wingsuit suit, if you will, right, has, uh, I guess I would refer to it, I don't know the technical term, but I would refer to it as sort of webbing, kind of in between your arms and your body and then your two legs. And so you kind of look like, uh, I've heard the term squirrel suit or squirrel flying as well, yeah. which really drives you forward and is, uh, allows you to, to, go, to go forward, not just um, vertically down. Am I kind of describing, you know, kind of visually what that looks like roughly correctly? Yeah, so, yeah, you do. So it is like a normal, or you can say like a, like a full body suit, like a normal suit you can wear in a tunnel as well. But then in between the arms and the body and in between both legs, you like added extra surface and the surface is an air chamber and basically it inflates as soon as you get out of the airplane or in the tunnel as soon as the tunnel starts running. So the whole suit inflates, uh, creates pressure inside and also a aerodynamic shape what makes it more efficient and gives you better performance. If you're hopping out of a plane and kind of practicing wingsuiting, how fast forward and how fast um, are you falling when, you, when you're wearing these wingsuits? So that depends totally on basically on the discipline and on what size you wear. Of course, if you wear a very small suit, so a small suit means you have a pretty small wing surface, then of course you fall faster and you cannot go as far in the distance. But it depends also a little bit on, on the manufacturer and um, how they are designed. So you can have small suits and you still get like speeds over 200 uh, kilometers per hour forward but still you are also still falling like probably like 90 kilometers per hour and then um yeah sorry <laughs> and um then there are these very big suits which are mainly mm -hmm. built for performance so they create a lot of pressure inside so they help you actually to stay open and um, they they try to go for top speeds and I think they managed to go up to 300 or something like this kilometers per hour Whoa. and okay. um, I'm not sure what are the lowest numbers for the vertical speed but I think they can go around 50 or maybe even a bit lower um, kilometers per mm. hour falling so you you can really get something and depends if you for example if you do a dive and create a lot of speed you are actually able to climb a little bit after so a couple of like 50 100 meter um, or something like like this depends also on your skills on your size and on your own body weight as well a little bit it sounds like these new generation of suits and and have so many options and it also um really gives you the opportunity to I, I think get much closer to like to flying um just that you're moving forward so fast 200 to 300 kilometers an hour let's see here that's in the range of i think 120 to 180 miles an hour forward uh which is an incredible speed uh so these these suits are, are very capable um you know and kind of change the change the the discipline a lot it sounds like yeah um for sure, and they they are developing the, the suits constantly. So basically, all the big manufacturers they release new suits every year and come up with new ideas, new solutions to re, uh, reduce drag, create more pressure, and create more performance. 
Um, what I still wanted to say, if I tell anything wrong with some numbers, um, I'm, I probably might say something wrong here or there. So I think I'm a pretty good flyer and I can explain how to fly pretty well. I'm not 100% into manufacturing and, and the, the data. Um, but <laughs> yeah. no problem. We will, not, we will not hold you to it. And I don't have like a fact checker yet or like a third party guy, <laughs> you know, uh, but it's all, it's all good. It's, but I think the concept is the same, right? Is that with these wingsuits, you can fall much slower and go horizontally much faster than in a, than, yeah. than a traditional skydiver with no equipment whatsoever. Yeah. Um, now is, is it hard to, or is it more complicated to pull your parachute with these wingsuits? Like, yeah. is it, is it, do you always have access to it? So ideally you should always have access to it, but it is more complicated for sure. The mm. problem is um, if you basically in a straight line, bring your hand to your, to your handle, um, you might have fabric in between. So you might just grab into your wing. So you have to twist your hand around it and grab around it. And then depends on the size and the, the purpose of the suit, like a performance suit with a lot of pressure, you have to be able to slow the suit down. Otherwise, either you have a very hard opening or you might not even be able to bring your arms back because the suits, they create a lot of pressure. So it, it will be physically pretty hard to to push your arms behind your back because just the suit is pushing your arms out so you have to to flare so after your after your flight you want to kind of slow down and um, when you're able to slow down then it's easier to grab back and normally when you start wingsuit skydiving you should start with a pretty small suit to get a feeling um, and be able to reach your your pilot shoot easier so it is for sure harder <laughs> to do it if you reach back to pull your parachute uh does does your other arm turn you or throw you off because that that arm's still inflated right so most of the jumper they just bring both arm back at the same time so that you stay symmetric but it is possible to fly with one arm out and um Outside, you don't see it so often. And actually, when I saw it for the first time, that was way before I started skydiving. I think it was in a base video. I saw someone opening his parachute and I was like, how is he able to do that? But one arm is still outside. But actually, you can fly pretty asymmetric. And this is something what I discovered a lot in the tunnel. So when I coach, I look to the person I fly with and then I'm able to point out different parts of my body with my hand and you can you can twist your your body in a pretty weird way something what I have never thought about um, but yeah so if you if you learn how to adjust and compensate basically you will be able to keep one arm out and bring the other arm in mm. Mm. okay okay so it's possible to kind of overcome that and, and... yeah once the parachute is open, do you have the ability to to raise your arms or, or maybe zip zip away the the fabric to to have more maneuverability? Yeah, so you have to. Um, all the wingsuits they have zipper on your arm, so you open and close. Normally, 
just before the jump, you close your arm zipper. And then as soon as your parachute open, you open your arm zippers again. You can reach up um, in case you have a line twist or something. So the more modern suits, they allow you uh, some space. You can bring your knees up and then you can reach your risers. And, but to, comf uh, yeah, to comfortably, yeah, sorry, <laughs> to, to be able to reach up and, um, and fix like a malfunction or something or start steering, you want to open your arm zippers. And after that, also your leg zippers because the legs are also stuck. You can land with mm -hmm. them closed, but um, you don't have as much space if you have to run, or you might just damage your leg wing if you kind of walk over it. Is it is it more likely um, that you're going to experience uh, like like a, a malfunction or a, or a, a technical problem just given that you're moving forward so fast when you throw your parachute, or does that not affect the opening? It does. Um, because yeah, it does. So I, I'm not sure if you have more likely or if it's happening more, but it happens. What is pretty common is like a line twist. And that mm -hmm. probably happens in a wingsuit more often than without a wingsuit. Because the problem is when you're flying forward, and then you reach back, it is way more difficult to stay stable. But during the opening, you basically still want to keep your body symmetric, keep flying forward or falling forward and um, without twisting. But as soon as you have like a little asymmetry in your shoulders, for example, um, that might mm -hmm. be enough that you start rotating. And um, then the other problem with the wingsuit is you are flying forward. That means you have with this large surface, quite big burble behind you. And if your parachute stays in there for a little bit too long, it might already come out then with a with a malfunction. And the most common mm. thing is is a line twist. The line twist. Yeah. But that's as as far as malfunctions go, right? That's on the uh, I, I don't want to say it's on the better end of the spectrum or the right in kind of the range of stuff that can happen um, to everyone. So, okay okay so i mean yeah it, it, it can it can happen and it happens in, to let's say normal or non-wingsuiting skydivers as well but sure. um another problem then with the wingsuit is if you start spinning fast uh, you need to open your zippers and if you have a smaller canopy or if you have bad luck and your canopy starts diving straight away and you start spinning it becomes harder and harder to open it. So in fact, I had so far one reserve and that was in a after like a shitty opening. And I started spinning so quick that I I actually struggled to to reach my my handles. And that was something I heard before that the spinning can be so hard and so fast that you that it is hard to reach up. Um, and mm -hmm. I was always thinking, ah, okay, so might not happen to me. I think I'm quite fit, uh, uh, so should be able. Yes, I should be able to handle that. But I managed it. But I was really surprised how quick the the spin start uh, started, and how hard it actually was then to to reach my handles. Um, 
So this is something what is not so fun to experience in a wingsuit because you're pretty limited in the whole suit then in a situation where it really fucks up. How high off the ground were you? At the, like, did you have plenty of time or, or were you nervous yeah. about the altitude? So I was, no, I was not nervous about the altitude because it was, I, it was a super relaxed jump and mm. I didn't push it for the opening. So I think I opened around thousand meter or something and it, it started basically straight away. So I, I, at the moment I pulled, I noticed a second or half a second. I don't know. It felt like I had a long time, but on the video it was pretty quick. So everything feels so much longer in, in the moment when it happened. So, so I felt it pretty quick that there was something I was already prepared uh, to, I was thinking about, okay, is it a malfunction? Do I have to open? And then the canopy caught some air and instantly I started spinning. So then I did a mm. cutaway. Then I was spinning so hard that I was still spinning under the reserve. And after I was done with, uh, with the reserve and, and could fly normal again, I think I was on probably like 600 meters or something. So it was not crazy low. Okay. Wow. Though you were, you spent 2,400 meters kind of diagnosing and solving that, that problem though. That must've been an intense, oh, was it? an intense 400 meters. Oh. So like from, oh, from thousand to 600 from a thousand. Okay. Sorry. I thought you opened it at 3000. No, 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 no. So normally, so you jump out uh, normally <laughs> at 4,000 meters and okay. um, then you open in between. Yeah. Let, let's say in average you, you open in between like thousand and then depends if you are new to wing sitting, you probably open at 1500 just to have extra time if something goes wrong. So it was, it was 400 meters, 400 meters. Okay. I'm sorry. Ish. I was converting to, uh, to, I was converting in my head to in between feet and meters. Ah. And I, I think <laughs> didn't it's, that's the, uh, what is it? The Mars Rover problem all over again. Um, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you, so if I understand this right, so you exit the plane or jump out, you said 4,000 meters and then yeah. pull around a thousand. Yeah. Okay. So you have a, you have a flight time of about 3000 vertical meters. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and how, how long of a jump does that, does that get you? So I would say on that point, I flew a quite big suit and I think we flew probably around like two and a half minutes, maybe something close mm. to three minutes. It depends also, you can jump with a big suit or like with a, with a big surface wingsuit and still go pretty steep and then you burn a lot of um, altitude, but you're very fast. So uh, what can be also super fun. Um, but on that jump, we were pretty flat because we flew together with a canopy. Uh, so one guy jumped out, opened his parachute, we followed him and then we flew together with him. He was on a canopy and we flew with the wingsuit and then you fly pretty flat and um, mm. also quite slow. So we had a probably like two and a half, maybe almost three minutes or something. I don't know. It was a long flight. Okay. That's really interesting. I didn't realize you could do that. So one person had opened their parachute and was just flying it normal 
and you can kind of maintain altitude and and speed yeah. with that person. Yeah. Oh but wow. They, you know, the 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 canopy pilots who do that, they fly very fast and pretty small canopies. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, I I have a lot of weeks of time now in the tunnel, but I'm not. So from my numbers, I'm not considered experienced skydiver. I know wingsuiting, I know flying, but um, I would never go even close to what they jump. So, so they are, they have. I think the guy I flew with had 72 square feet. And was his that was his um, uh, parachute or canopy yeah, size? Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, that's pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> and the. So, so what are the advantages and maybe risks of flying a smaller canopy? Oh, with the now with the canopies. So mm-hmm. the advantages are you are way faster, and it's a whole whole discipline by itself, like swooping mm-hmm. when they come down um, with really high speed, and then maintain the speed, like flare in the landing, and try to be horizontal over the ground for as long as possible. But this is also very difficult. Um, so it's a, a sport within the sport, basically. And for wingsuiting or then for base jumping, you want to have a quite big wingsuit, uh, quite big canopy, because the bigger the canopy is, the more likely it will open in a smooth way and also in with a large wingsuit what creates big burbles. If you then have a very small canopy, as soon as that one catches a little bit of of turbulences or something, it might go crazy immediately. And with a big canopy, they are they have also less tendency to dive. And then you have also for, for base jumping, you have like very, or for wingsuit, uh, for wingsuiting, uh, you have very huge cells. So they the, the canopies inflate super well, most most likely also pretty even, but therefore in the end, they have a very thick profile and fly slow, but you have a mm. safe and, and good opening. I never thought about that where kind of the, your wingsuit really dictates um, a, a lot about which canopy and you use and, and kind of how you use it. Yeah, all your skills, because I would never go like very small, but they are very good wingsuit pilots which are also very good canopy pilots and there are people who do quite crazy stuff with that together but um yeah for that i know the wingsuit part pretty well but i i need a couple of more more holidays in summer to 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 jump so much that i can fly that sure sure now how experienced of a skydiver were you before you started wingsuiting um i was a total beginner so i did basically just what was recommended in germany so you do your license then you have to do 200 jumps and with 200 jumps Mm -hmm. you can start wingsuiting so i think i started wingsuiting with 205 or 10 or something so as soon as i could i did it um but i already had so on my first wingsuit jumps jump i had one and a half hours from the tunnel and it was enough that I, I jumped out of the airplane and I was able to fly the wingsuit. Uh, it was 
stable. I had I felt comfortable from the beginning till the end. So I jumped out, practiced pulling basically. So did a couple of practice touches and then flew flew my pattern and uh, yeah was super happy. So it was really fun from the beginning. But yeah, it was super early on. For reference, it's often a lifelong dream or like a bucket list, right, to go skydiving. And and usually they think of it, hey, I'm going to go jump once. But yeah. and when they hear somebody like you has 200, uh, had 200 skydives and was a really, relatively speaking, a beginner before <laughs> they went wingsuiting, what is what is like uh, an experienced skydiver? How how many jumps would they have? A couple of thousands. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, I mean, often they also worked on, on drop zones or spent their times as instructors or as tandem masters. And then, so in, in the tunnel, this is where I mainly meet skydivers. I don't jump so much in the summer um, or in the last two years. Um, but mainly I meet right now the skydivers in the tunnel. And there are a lot of our customers they have thousands of jumps so which is i think mind-blowing to the <laughs> average person right who is like you not only have you are you are you jumping regularly but it's thousands of times um yeah it's it's quite a unique world where i think the experience is all lopsided and and in the hands of a few now okay let's talk about the transition to um the tunnel and now you would refer to the tunnel would you still say indoor skydiving or indoor wingsuiting? Indoor wingsuiting is the name of the tunnel, correct? Yeah, I would also okay. say indoor wingsuiting because <laughs> you cannot um, do anything else than wingsuiting in that tunnel. In a in a normal vertical tunnel, you can do basically all the disciplines except with the with the canopy. Um, you cannot fly your canopy there, but if you are pretty good in head-on flying. You can also fly your wingsuit in a vertical tunnel. But in our tunnel, if you go there without the wingsuit, you would just stand on the floor. So <laughs> it's not steep enough um, and also not fast enough to to blow you up on that point anymore. Mm. So there you need something way more inclined than what we have. Right, right. Okay, so this indoor tunnel is... Uh, basically, I would describe it as a metal tube with with glass or at least glass or maybe plastic windows and padding everywhere, angled <laughs> at a pretty at a pretty severe angle. Uh, I don't know. Do you know what angle it's actually pitched off at? I'm. I don't. So I know mm -hmm. we we work with the glide ratio. So right the okay. the glide ratio we use the most of the time is one point six, means for one meter you fall down, you make 1.6 meters forward. This is quite steep. Um, or So what, for an intermediate sized wingsuit, it's an angle where you can fly relaxed. So you don't have to stretch out and try to get everything out of your suit. You can fly relaxed. But therefore, if you speed the, or ramp up the speed, you have a lot of power. So it's super cool for acro moves where you need a lot of reserves in your in your wing if you flatten out everything. So basically you are just like an airplane. Everything is completely under tension as, as 
fast stretch out as possible. There's nothing else left really to, to create a fast spin or something. You can just drop um, if you put your arm in. But if how we fly, um, if you're a bit more relaxed, you have a straight body, but your arms are from the front. You see the head and the arms go like a V out to the side. So they are a little bit behind your body. But that means if you quickly push your arms forward, you can generate a lot of power. And if you do it just on one side, for example, you can do either a quick transition or like barrel rolls or multiple barrel rolls. So this is the fun part about acrobatic flying. And we can change actually the glide ratio. So if you want to oh. train with a big suit, um, we can go down to 2.8, like one meter falling makes you fly 2.8 meter forward. And there you can fly basically the biggest suits which are available on the market. You can fly them there. And you it's also a bit challenging. Um, you might not fly the speed what you can get outside. Inside, I think we are limited right now to 160 kilometers per hour forward speed. Um, mm -hmm. But it's still... So with, with the big suits, you you still feel that you have to work to, to fly proper on that angle, on that glide and ratio. Are you, are you changing the glide ratio just by increasing or decreasing the wind speed? No. So the whole tunnel is, or the whole flight chamber is connected to a huge hydraulic system. Really? So, yeah. So it just pushes the, pushes the tunnel up so that it's more steep or lowers it down and behind the tunnel there are like turning vanes which bring the the wind back into the tube and then the tunnel and they the turning vanes they have to adjust and then you can yeah put it more steep or more flat and this is a fairly big tunnel that we're describing here how how many how many wingsuiters have you had in it at one time oh um i think we seven Seven so far. <laughs> okay. We, we just we just flew with seven, I think, two weeks ago or something. Um, that is pretty crowded. So you're you yeah. are able to move um, and you are able to to, for example, like fly as a in a big rotation, um, mm -hmm. but it's pretty slow. Um, and this is just because you need seven very very skilled people to do that. And even then, we almost never do that. And we never have seven there at the same time, um, who are willing to do that or who want to and can do that. So sure, there's just no experience really with it. <laughs> but it's, it's pretty fun. I mean, if I if I fly in the tunnel with my brother and you know we're relatively inexperienced and it gets crowded just the two of us because we uh we find it difficult to to stay stable right yeah. um now now do you 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 started indoor wingsuiting and it sounds like you had a substantial amount of time i think you said an hour and a half or so before you even went outside to it mm -hmm. so it sounds like you don't need any experience to start no. in an indoor wingsuit no wow. so Everyone can try it. We also have normal first timer, like in a vertical tunnel. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no experience needed. We have uh, basically we have three steps or two steps before you are able to fly by yourself. 
the first mm -hmm. step you will get a harness under your wingsuit and we have a rope system in the tunnel so we hook you there and the ropes prevent you from falling down so when you are hooked you cannot you cannot lay on the floor basically that helps you if you're not able to create enough lift in the beginning so then you're just hanging you will mm. also not be able to touch the walls so in case you do quick maneuvers towards the wall the, the ropes will stop it and additionally we are always there as coaches and in the first sessions we usually have a hand like on on the wrist and on the shoulder of the person inside um, to to stabilize or control them so that they cannot pitch up all the way in the ceiling and if they go back to the net we handle that uh, in a way that we slow them down because yeah like in a vertical tunnel you can crash and normally it happens pretty quick from your stable to you just move very fast towards the wall or towards somewhere and with that extra surface <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah when that. things go bad they go really bad right <laughs> yeah so i think our coaching is now on a pretty good level we we know what to what to tell we know what to look for and mm -hmm. as soon as as you are stable with your with your flying position able to control your movements in, in all directions and then we also have to practice landings um, because it's something what you don't have to do outside but we have the back net where you have to be able to land and you have the mattresses and as soon as you're able to land and fly stable and safe the next step is on a leash so you we basically hold you like on a dog leash you have to fly now completely by yourself otherwise you can now just drop to the floor but in case you yeah do movements too aggressive you go too fast to the ceiling or too fast to the net we can also with the leash slow everything down on on the leash it's the same again you just need some time there till you have the control over the wingsuit your landings they have to be precise and safe and then you can fly by yourself and normally as soon as you are able to fly by yourself, we as coaches jump in with a wingsuit too and we fly together. Um, so we try to keep it as safe as possible, but everyone, you don't need to be a skydiver, you don't need to have any experience with anything. You can just come there and try it. Wow. Okay. And then you being in the tunnel, so with, you know, like, like let's say, let's say I'm just starting out and I'm in the harness, you can be in the tunnel with no wingsuit and walk around it's is it relatively easy for you to walk around and maneuver yeah but i was standing in the tunnel now the past three years so okay. in the beginning if you would go inside you will be able probably pretty quick to to keep standing and probably also walk around um but it's it's hard on on higher speed it is um just something what you have to learn too so it's part of the instructor training um, you learn how to how to coach you learn how to um, yeah see mistakes and, and coach the right way of flying but you also just spend some time without a suit in the tunnel because you have to be able to move quickly uh, with and like grab forward for example and then the wind should not just blow your hand away so you have to be able to 
to do that. And after a mm. couple of, yeah, summer hours in the tunnel, you, you basically also just constantly adjust and um, keep the tension in your body so that you don't get blown around. So it's usually when we coach, it's around, I would say 130 to 150. That's so something where we, where we stand uh, on this wind speed. And it's sideways, so you constantly have to lean into the wind. Sure, sure. Now, how, like, are, do you find that most of your students, like, they're, it's typical that uh, they need, I don't know, 30 minutes in the harness before they move to the leash, before they can fly? Or is there, is there kind of a natural progression? No, it depends. If you have experience with a wingsuit, most likely you will manage to, to fly by yourself faster but i would say the average might be like half an hour in the harness and then mm -hmm. probably a like half an hour harness half an hour on the leash as well and then it really depends so if you have some experience today we had someone for example i think um he flew with with my colleague and he spent four minutes with him in the harness and then he was done. So basically he went through all the exercises, mm. did them once, was able to do them. Okay, good. Next step. So then this went to the leash. Um, so that happens. It's not common. So I would say most people are at least 20 minutes in the harness. Um, okay. but that works. And see that I think that's one of the really the biggest advantage, uh, biggest advantages of these um you know this indoor facility let's say like an hour is that's an enormous amount of outdoor skydiving or outdoor wingsuiting time that you can get relatively quickly in a in this indoor environment yeah so it's the same like in the vertical tunnel it really boosts your skills plus the the way you spend the time is more efficient than if you mm. would do the same outside so one hour of flying time in the tunnel is not the same as one hour of flying time outside because of the tunnel, you have constantly a reference. So you have to keep your position and you learn how to keep your position very precise. We as coaches can either stand next to you or fly next to you. And in case you do something wrong, for example, you do a transition from the belly to the back, but your position is not good enough to keep flying. You drop the meter and then you end up on the mattresses and you can five seconds later or something, you're back in the air. In the sky, there's a pretty high chance that you are like a couple of, maybe a couple of hundred meters even below the coach. So then you have to catch the student again um, and try to get the jump together again. So the way we can teach is way more efficient. In the beginning, it might be a bit intimidating because you really notice how little inputs from your body make you move. But this is why we have the harness and the leash. As soon as you are through that, you can really learn super quick. With an hour and a half, that's an enormous amount of wingsuit time, you know, before you transitioned outside. Um, yeah, I, I imagine you're able to build up your skill skill level pretty quickly. So now you also compete in wingsuiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. 
what 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 is like i don't even know what is a wingsuit competition so there are two disciplines one is wingsuit acrobatic and one is wingsuit performance what i did in the past two years and that was basically just because of the tunnel i never thought about it before and i just got the skills to be able to do um, acrobatic flying through the tunnel and on an acrobatic competition you have four jumps you are in a team so two people fly together and the third person is flying besides above or below and is filming the whole thing four jumps are jumps where you have to fulfill like preset moves so there are 12 moves um, and then randomly they got chosen and then you have three in each of these jumps and then you just do one to three one to three one to three so you do them in a row as many times as possible um, till you have to stop basically so there's a altitude window as soon as you exit the airplane your time starts and then on a certain point your time is over and yeah okay so what, what's an example of like one of these one of these moves or one of these so one of the let's say easiest to explain moves is just one person is flying around the other person till he's back on his previous position and then the other person is doing that as well and that is called uh, revolution it sounds easy but it's actually one of the more complicated moves because it's a long distance you have to move um so mm -hmm. and you lose the visual connection to your to your um, partner so that is something where you can lose a lot of time and another move what is it's called ying yang so you do a transition we fly next to each other and um, one person is doing a transition to the back then you have to like grab the hand of the of your partner he's transition from the back back to the belly you have to do a hand talk again and then the other person is doing that so transition transition and then the other person is doing a transition transition and in between of all the moves you always do a hand talk and basically when the hand talk is clean so really hand in hand and it's obviously visible also on the video then you get a point and these are basically the points you can make and then if you have a move what takes a long time uh, you don't do as many points per round as mm. when you have like this transition two transitions and then the other one is doing two transitions these are then four points and um, if you're able to do a quick transition you can do that in yeah probably like in four seconds or something like this in the tunnel it goes faster um outside not as not as fast but um there you can do a lot of points do you have a so do you have a fixed team where two of you are flyers and, and one is the the film or do you kind of rotate roles or positions so in our team we need, didn't rotate it is my yeah, my agro partner he is the chief instructor at our tunnels we are both german he started mm -hmm. one year before me and basically because we both work there full-time and we have the opportunity to fly there a lot um yeah we perform the 
acrobatic moves. And he had an acro team before. And um, the one of the guys from the team before is filming us. And you were uh, world champions last year? No, no, no. We, 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 it would have been nice. But um, last okay. year, actually, the competition was not happening because of Corona and um, or kind of Corona and then not enough teams um, signed up for the competition. So then there was not a not enough teams. So they canceled and 2021 when mm. I basically started to compete, that was my first competition was on the World Championships. What was pretty fun um, because that was, yeah, like a big event in Russia. And there we became third. So that was, okay. yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, the indoor tunnel uh, must give you a huge advantage though, right? Yeah. With Okay. So basically the team what became first they were instructors at our tunnel so they were <laughs> they are a couple and he was my coach when i started in the wing so 2018 when i was the first time there were um, other coaches as well but i was also coached a little bit by him and the second team was from norway and they are they are tunnel instructors as well in the vertical tunnel and in the wingsuit tunnel, but they don't work full time. They are freelancing. So they come once every month, once every two months um, for a week and do camps there. So, and then basically the places after where more or less the more tunnel time you had, the higher, the higher uh, rank you were. So it's, it is um, a very, big boost into acrobatic it's interesting to see that right there's a direct correlation with the indoor indoor skydiving and indoor wingsuiting and then the outdoor performance what's the other uh competition um first there's there's one there's one more part about the acro so these are called compulsory rounds where you just fly this moves and then there are two Three, uh, three times uh, a free routine. So basically the team can just create whatever they want. So you want to integrate your camera flyer and then you want to do, basically you want to do cool moves. And mm -hmm. um, it is it is really like, if you have a good video, if it looks cool, then more likely you will win. And um, of course, the more advanced the moves are and the more difficult you're flying, the better. But it's not always visible how difficult the move is if you perform it pretty well. So because also there are not so many wingsuiters who are able to fly on that kind of level means like not many people overall really understand how difficult things are. That's often even something from the tunnel. You do something in the tunnel, but nobody can really understand that this is difficult or not. So if you can make it look easy, then yeah, <laughs> it, it might <laughs> okay. not be difficult. There's yeah. a bit of showman showmanship that's needed here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so it's create a cool video, um, fly a cool routine with, with your partner. And then um, as long as it's better, um, better uh, video, better quality, nicer, 
moves, then then you can win that points. And then the other discipline is performance. Well, well now before yeah. before you say that, I didn't even think about that. Who who are the judges? Given given that there's only a few, um, a few you know, kind of a few people who are really dominating the sport. How do you, how do you find the judges in these competitions? So they are already of. I think they are already all of them are judges in another so from other competitions and from other disciplines in skydiving mm. so they they kind of get into that some of them did wingsuiting as well um but in the end so if you if you have a good understanding of of the sport and if you know what is a point like if if there's a good explanation what defines like your hand dog and when it's a point or not then you just um or you need to watch the videos you need to know the rules and then um it is your decision if you see that it's clean and because there are other competitions which work also with with hand dogs and foot dogs and all this kind of stuff um so you can relate what is difficult is the free routine because this is just something what every team can create and of course if everyone is doing something else than the others then you can also not really compare then it's very much about what looks nicer mm. so mm, because gotcha. that that is hard to rank then like to be like okay that was very difficult so you get a lot of points um yeah like i said if it's not visible that it's difficult then who can say Right, right. It becomes it becomes much more subjective, right? Who's yeah. who's better and who's not? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. And is that is the is the free routine the other discipline or or what is the other no, discipline? That is that is part of the acrobatic competition. So you have four okay. four compulsory rounds and three times uh, a free routine, mm. and then in the end you have the winner. And the other competition, um, the other discipline is wingsuit performance, and there you have time distance and speed and basically there you want to stay either as long as possible in the air or in a certain uh, window um, or you want to fly the longest distance um, or you want to yeah reach the highest speed so they have they all just they, they jump alone they jump with gps and then the gps will yeah be be how you call it track track, track. the metrics kind of yeah, thing. And, yeah. And, and then um the, the data uh will be used to define who was the fastest or um who, who could stay in the window the the longest and that yeah it sounds like you prefer the team cup team competition mm, no nah, so i have no no experience with performance i mm -hmm. will probably try it sooner or later when I have time but in the past so basically I'm I'm now three years working in the tunnel and I would say for two years now I'm pretty good wingsuit acrobatic flyer I might be good in performance as well because I just fly a lot and I know how to use my body and it requires of course some training um, but I just never had really the time we decided to compete in acrobatic so then i spent the whole time jumping practicing with um, patrick my teammate and train 
And now in the next years, when I have time, I hope I will be able to get into the other disciplines as well. But I also want to continue coaching indoor and outdoor. And this is something what I almost would say, I, I almost do that more. I prefer that um, than doing a competition. Because, so it is a very small sport so far. So they are not, it's not like really huge competitions. And then you spend a lot of time on the on the ground, just waiting till you are able to do your next jump. And if you don't have so much vacation, then spending a week without doing many jumps is like oh, a little bit of waste. <laughs> <laughs> so right now I really feel like I either wanna wanna do a lot of fun jumps and try whatever I can try, or mm. um, yeah, like a little bit more efficient, like really use the time, jump as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. That's I didn't realize that these competitions are spread out. It's a, it sounds like over a week. Um, yeah, so I think it's like probably like a Monday to Thursday or like a four day, five day thing. Mm -hmm. Depends also on the weather. So far on every, I, I just competed in three competitions: two times the German national and one time the World Championships. And every time the weather was kind of bad, so we were waiting a lot for the right weather gotcha got the conditions have to be right yeah um okay okay so what are your what are your plans for 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 this year um yeah so i try to to start to coach more so i will mm -hmm. i will go to australia in april one week of fun jumping one week coaching um i will most likely do maybe one or two smaller camps here in sweden and then I will see what I can do with my, with the rest of the time. I'm hoping eventually to, to make it out to, to your tunnel and, and hopefully you could be my coach and, and teach me how to, how to indoor, cool. indoor <laughs> wingsuit. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Wouldn't it? Um, Hey, thank you for being on the podcast. Um, is there any, anywhere on social media where you'd like to direct people to, to, to watch you do this? So yeah, either on, on my, uh, Instagram, what is just Arvid Endler, or what is probably easier to find is if you just go for Indo Wingsuit. Um, and over that page, there are a lot of videos from all of us coaches flying, from from customers flying, and um, also from a little bit from how we do the handling there. And from that page, you can easily find me as well. I'm usually in a blue wingsuit. <laughs> So, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, hey, thanks for coming on. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. <laughs>